I want to uh, talk today about reading the Bible, actually. I'm talk about reading the Bible. And I hope in about half an hour when I'm done, you'll be encouraged to read the Bible more than you do. It's a very, very simple thing. But uh, I hope we can have some input into that today. I want to pick up a little bit of a story. It's a bit of an Easter story, really, of how Jesus has been raised from the dead. And you will probably know this story quite well, that after he was raised from the dead, he goes for a bit of a walk, and he walks alongside two people who are uh, on their way to Emmaus. You know that story a little bit? And he walks with them and talks with them and he, they invite him in and they have a meal together and then he leaves them. And um, so I just want to pick up a little bit of this story. He walks alongside them and I guess we are, we are somewhere around uh, verse 19. Jesus is walking with them, Luke 24, 19, and they say, you know, are you, a, are you a visitor? Don't you know what's been happening? And they, they reply to him that Jesus of Nazareth was a mighty prophet, but unfortunately he has, he has died. You know, he's, he's died. And let's, let's pick up this reading properly now in verse 25. Jesus said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Can you say all the scriptures? Yeah, he explained beginning with Moses, going through to the prophets, that's the Old Testament uh, for them, he explained what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Now, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going further, but they urged him strongly, stay with us because it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. You know, don't you, they did not know who he was. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem, and there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and said, It's true, the Lord has risen. Well, let's come down to verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them. don't know whether you ever realized that before, that at this big meeting that Jesus has with the disciples, these other two are in the room as well. And while they were, verse 37, while they were startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost, he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands, touch me. And, and after he had 
said this, verse 40, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe, because they didn't believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? So he has something to eat. And he says to them, verse 44, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. There he's, Jesus is picking up the three kind of sections of the Old Testament, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, sometimes called the writings. Verse 45, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. I want to talk about reading the Bible today. You know what's really interesting? Is that we're all going to fall a bit short today with this. Every one of us. And every one of us who might even handle this and preach it would. Because we could all read the Bible a bit more than we do. Is that right? Is that right? We could all read the Bible. We could all pray a bit more than we do. We could all read the Bible a bit more than we do. It's a kind of a common thing. I want to ask you today, just to answer this question honestly, just in your mind, in your heart, do you actually read the Bible? And for many, many Christians, and now don't be shocked, but I'm just telling you the truth. For many Christians, actually the answer is sort of no. They certainly don't read the Bible in a regular uh, way. They'll, they'll dip into it maybe, they'll bring it to church, but they don't really read the Bible. And, and what's kind of uh, amazing about that is that we who follow Christ, we who are believers in Christ, we claim that we will live and die by the Bible, you know. This, we're going to live our lives according to the Bible. And uh, we would die, you know, for the truths of the Bible, at least we hope we would. But the great irony is that we would live and die by something that we don't always read. And so we're a bit, we're a bit foolish in that, in that regard, all of us. So I want to talk today about the importance of reading the Bible. I want to hopefully encourage you to go back to a place where maybe you were some years ago, some months ago, a decade ago, however far back it is when you were a good and uh, disciplined reader of the Bible. And I hope that that's what we can uh, achieve today. This passage we just read, this passage on the road to Emmaus, contains lots of lovely thoughts about the study of Scripture and opening their minds to the Scripture and their hearts burning within them. Uh, And so I want to kind of uh, use this as a way of encouraging us. So what does the passage teach us uh, about the study of the scripture. Number one, the Bible must be known and read in its entirety. On two occasions, just in the short passage, we read about how Jesus said to them, he sort of told them that he appeared in all the scriptures. He, He opened their minds, but he said that in all the scriptures the things that were um, concerning him. In other words, he gave them a Bible study on that afternoon. As they were walking uh, on their way, (coughs) he gave them a Bible study on the road. 
Now, it had an incredible impact upon them. It says later, their hearts burned within them. Burned within them while, while he was talking. And we'll, we will come to that in a minute. But just a simple point I want to make is this. That he gave them information concerning himself from all of the scripture. I.e., from the front page to the back page. Now we can, again, we can stand here today or sit here today or listen to this on the internet today and say, we believe in the Bible from Genesis to the maps. But we need to read what we believe, don't we? We need to know what we believe. And uh, not everybody is going to be a Bible teacher. Not everybody is going to learn Greek and Hebrew and know how to teach a Bible study, all this, all this kind of stuff. That's not everyone's calling. Some are called to be teachers, which means that most are not called to be teachers, a little bit like what I'm doing here now. But, but we all need to be in the Word of God, and we need to be in all of the Word of God. And uh, uh, I want to encourage us today, and I, I, I will... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to conclude with a few ideas today as, as to how we can do this. That it's probably important for you to have read the whole Bible. The idea that the Bible is a sort of an encyclopedia Britannica where you only look up the bits that you need to know about seems to be quite uh, 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 inappropriate to what the Bible really is. It's not a dictionary. The Bible is not Google for you to go and think, well, I need to know about this. And you Google a word in the Bible and see what it has to say. You need, if you're going to be a, a maturing believer in Christ, you need to be reading the entire Bible. And there are many, many people that get buried today or cremated today. They've died. We all come, we sing hymns. We've, we celebrate their life. We say they were a wonderful Christian person. And they were. But actually, during their whole wonderful Christian life, they did not once read the Bible all the way through. And I think that that's probably not God's plan at all. When you see in, in some nations where there is no scripture, how they hunger and thirst just to get a little piece of the scripture in their hands. And most of us today, uh, uh, maybe not most of us, but many of us today, sitting in, you know, back at home, there's at least three other versions of the Bible, uh, you know, sitting at home and the one you've got in your hand or uh, like a mini one you keep in the car. You know, we have lots of the Bible. And uh, I think we have a responsibility to read it. And the other thing about, Jesus talking about going through the, all the scripture, he said to them, what was revealed about him in, in all the scripture. It's, it's important for you to know what it says about God in all the Bible, not just the bits that you like. Can you say amen? Not just the bits that you like. Not just the bits that your favorite preacher likes, because they're normally the bits that you like, or that you know. But actually... Uh, again, we're not, I'm not talking about having an encyclopedic knowledge of Hebrew or, or knowing 
uh, every single piece of the book of Leviticus. I'm not talking about that. But what I am suggesting is that we ought to know what is the revelation of God in the whole of the Bible, not just a small part of it. So that's the first thing. And I'll sort of, I'll give us maybe a little clue as to how we can maybe do something different about that in a bit. Number two, the study of the scripture puts fire inside our hearts. Verse 32 says, uh, these two people are talking to each other. Jesus has disappeared. And um, by the way, they they seem to carry on rather excitedly, uh, but I might have jumped out of my chair if someone had disappeared from my uh, dinner party. But anyway, they say, were not, verse 32, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Can you see that in your Bible? Verse 32. Were not our hearts burning while he opened the scriptures to us? I think that some of us fall for a, a, um, either it's a lie of our, of our spiritual enemy and foe, or it's a kind of a, just some sort of strange assumption that has like come into our thinking that the Bible is enormously boring. And uh, we just, it's like an endurance. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like a manual that you don't really want to read. Uh, it's a bit like, uh, uh, you know, doing your driving test and you, you have to read this book uh, of, uh, of, the, of the rules of the road. And you, you know, you wouldn't choose to, but you feel you have to. Uh, and you've got to endure it. Now, I want to say that there are certain parts of the Bible that are easier to read than others. And one of the chief problems I think that some people have, and forgive me if this is in, in any way offensive to you, I don't mean it to be offensive to you or, or to, the, to any um, um, Christian tradition you may have loved. But many people have a Bible that they just can't read because it's not the right version for them. So, uh, uh, sometimes people will ask me, uh, Peter, what do you think is the best translation of the Bible? You know there are many of them. So, You know, which is the best translation of the Bible? And my answer is always the same. The best translation of the Bible is the one that you can read. Because if you have a a much older version of the Bible and you can't make head nor tail of it, listen, it's time to spend $14.99 and get another one. The Bible isn't supposed to be written in code. And you have to decode it as you go. It was written in, uh, particularly the New Testament was written in a language called Koine Greek, which is a common, it's, um, 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 Koine Greek means common Greek. So it's like very easy to read Greek. And some of the Bibles that maybe you might have at home, you yourself cannot actually read them because they're in a in like a complicated form so i want to encourage you today i don't wish to criticize any version of the bible but if you can't read it then it's not the version for you 
If you can't make head nor tail of it, it's not the version for you. And it might have been the version that your dad read. And it might have been the version that your granddad preached from. But if you can't read it, it's not the version for you. When we study the scripture, we're supposed to get on fire for God. Some people uh, uh, sit in churches, and I suppose I better be careful lest I dig a hole for myself here. But some people sit in churches and they just can't wait for the preacher to stop. When is he going to stop? It's like they are going to become a Christian and part of the sufferings of Christ is to listen to the pastor every Sunday and I don't know what he's talking about. And there's no fire happening inside me. I'm not understanding anymore. I'm not learning anything. I'm not developing. And I want to tell you, say, that's not how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to be discipled by someone who talks the same language as you. It's supposed to benefit you. It's supposed to be from all the scripture. And it's supposed to put fire inside your heart. And if those things aren't happening, then something's very wrong. I love the worship in this church. I really do. And we've been blessed over many years with many teams of great, great musicians and great worship. I love the DNA of this church. I love the emphasis towards helping the poor. I love the family uh, um, a DNA that's particularly um, developing over these last years. I love this church, by the way. And I'm not ashamed to say that. This is one of the best kept secrets of Cambridge. And that's not a boast. I'm just telling you how I feel. If, if I was in, this is the church I would come to. Well, you want to be glad that's true. But let me tell you this. The most important part of this church is the pulpit of this church. The pulpit is the most important part of every church. Because if the pulpit is skewy, if the pulpit isn't quite right, then the whole thing is, is going in the wrong direction. And you can have great worship, you can have fabulous facility, but if the person preaching doesn't know what they're talking about, or if they're preaching something strange, then we are going to go very comfortably, very, very musically in the wrong direction. The most important part of any church is the pulpit. I don't mean the physical pulpit. You know what I'm talking about. Jesus said to Peter, he said, if you love me, feed my lambs. Is that right? Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And that penetrates me, that thought penetrates me every time I come to prepare anything I'm going to talk about here. Feed my Lambs. So the people of God need to be fed. They need to be fed good food. The second thing is they are my lambs. I know I'm feeding God's people, not my people. You're not my people. You're God's people. And the third thing is you are lambs. There are some preachers today. Do you know who they feed? They feed the giraffes. And they're uh, unpacking their Greek and their Hebrew and no one knows what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's talking about. 
But the scary bit is that people are taking notes. And while the preacher, he's up there, he doesn't know what he's talking about, but he sees people taking notes. So he thinks, well, well, uh, uh, this must be good because uh, they're taking notes. Actually, they're just scribbling love notes to each other. I don't know what they're doing. We are not here to feed the giraffes. We are here to feed the lambs. Do you understand? It's not the giraffes. It's the lambs. There's nothing supposed to be too complicated about the gospel. It should be clear. The apostle Paul, speaking of the prophets, he says they should make a clear sound. Anyway, it should put fire inside us. The study of scripture, you reading your Bible, should put fire inside you. And many people think that the way to get fire inside them is maybe to get someone to pray for them, maybe to fly to some revival that's happening someplace and, or some big conference. And that's, that's how I'm going to get my fire. Let me tell you this. If you really want to, you can open your scripture every day and that fire can go right in you. Every day of your life doesn't cost you anything. Oh, except your time and discipline, of course. Time and discipline. But anyone who will open the scripture, anyone who will read the scripture will know what it is to have the anointing of God flowing through their life on a regular basis. The scripture puts fire on the inside. So number one, the Bible should be read in its entirety, not just our favorite parts. And I'll come on to that. It should be exciting. I remember sitting in a Bible class once in my Bible college. It only happened a couple of times, but I almost hyperventilated with excitement. As my lecturer at the front, very, very straight-laced guy, bow tie, glasses, looked like a James Bond villain, you know, that kind of thing. The the kind of person who is like a, you know, uh, normally associated with, you know, um, psychosis. Some mad professor. And he just read, he was reading all about Christ and and some of the things in the New Testament. And I could, I always wanted to hold on to my table with excitement. He wasn't raising his voice. He wasn't running around the room shouting. He wasn't sweating. But the truth was getting right into my heart. In 1991, I heard a preacher preach. And the revelation of what he preached was so strong, I was cured of a incurable uh, incurable condition in my body, in my seat while he was preaching. It's the power of God. Number three. Number three. It reveals and draws us closer to the living author. That's the difference between the Bible and any other book. When you read the Bible, the author is with you as well. The author can explain to you things about the text that you otherwise couldn't know. It says twice in the little passage we read, he opened their minds or he opened their hearts to understand the scripture. The Bible needs to be unlocked to us by Christ himself. Uh, I think it was earlier this year, I was reading a book when I wasn't very well in the early part of this year. I did a lot of reading. And I remember reading this book. I thought it was a great book. And uh, it was, it was uh, a Christian book. And at the end of the book, 
I thought, you know what, I'd really, there's certain questions I've got. I'd really love to talk to the author because not all of my questions were answered in the book. And because of technology today, because of the internet, because of emails and all that, do you know what, within, I think it was within one hour, but I'll say certainly within the same day of finishing reading the book, I was on the phone talking to the author. That was amazing. I found the, the guy's name, Googled him, emailed him, he sent me his phone number, and then I phoned him. Amazing. I'd never known anything like it. I thought, hey, I'm talking to the author of the book. I think, I really think it was within about an hour of me finishing it. Well, that's the idea with reading the Bible. You're reading the Bible, but you can also talk to the author of the book. And he can show you things. Now, now let me just be, say something very, 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 very careful here. When I say the author can show you things, I mean that with all my heart, but I don't mean it in a mystical way. Listen carefully. The Bible is not a horoscope. And sometimes what's happened is, as, as a Christian people, we know to not worry about our, our horoscope. You know, it's nonsense. So we don't go by whether we're Sagittarian or Gemini or whatever, you know, we're supposed to be. If someone says to me, what's your star sign? I always say, I haven't got one. Then they look at me like, ooh. Must have been born in a mysterious way. But I remember before I was a Christian, you know, in my teens, I used to read the horoscope every day. And uh, if I read the horoscope, I'd read it in the newspaper. And I'd read my horoscope, and if I didn't like it, then I bought another book of horoscopes in case that was better than the one in the paper. So I thought, if, if you pay for it, it's probably better. So I'd either read that one or that one, according to what it said. If it said, you're going to meet a beautiful blonde today who's going to fall in love with you, I believed it. If, it, if I read it and it said, you're going to have problems today, I thought, ah, it's just the paper. Now, because it's all nonsense. But the danger is this, that actually as a Christian, you can, you can approach the Bible like it's a horoscope. What's my word for this day? What's my prophecy for today? And, and by the way, you know, I really believe in a God who speaks through the Bible. But that's not quite what we mean. Because actually there's times for you simply to study about the ways of God. Without it necessarily being a on-the-money pinpoint accuracy about how you're getting on down at the office. It's just studying the Bible. When the Jewish people used to study the Torah or study the scriptures, they didn't study it like charismatics today. What's the word for me? They studied it because it was God's word. God's word. And God, you see, he breathed. He breathed upon the writers. Sometimes I believe we do not really fully understand this or we don't understand it actively in our hearts. The Bible that's in front of you, the Bible you're holding in your hand, contains, wait for it now, the words of God. The words of God. God. 
So we probably ought to read them, don't you think? And the Radio Times interview might be fascinating. And the newspaper might be fascinating and uh, might be informative. But the words of God are going to change your life. So we ought to know them. They'll put fire in us, for sure. And we'll learn more about the author and we'll be drawn closer to the author. Finally, when we really do study the scripture, that process will send us out to tell others. We notice that right at the end, verse 33, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. As soon as they had had this experience with him, they had experienced the author and they had experienced his book. He had explained about the scriptures to them. Their hearts burned within them. And, it's, and immediately they got up. And I don't know what they were planning to do that day. It, it didn't matter. All of a sudden, their only agenda was to go and tell other people what they had discovered. The study of scripture, all the scripture, will burn in your heart. It will draw you close to God. But it also, if it's, if it's the real deal, if you're doing it in the right way, with the right spirit, it'll also drive you to start to share your faith more than you've ever done before. And that doesn't mean, I don't mean that you'll become a brilliant student of the Bible to the point where you can answer everyone's question and give um, um, clever responses to anyone who asks you anything. I'm, I'm not talking about that. But a, but a passion for God will be birthed in you. A passion for his gospel. So I want to I commend today to you. Whoops, nothing new. Something very old. Which is that you'll read your Bible every day. If you're listening to the King's Cast, God bless you. And go and read your Bible. Amen.